0: and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Today's episode is sponsored by The Week Junior, a magazine my kids love. Today, my kids are going to share their favorite sections of The Week Junior. What about you, Jackson? What's your favorite section? I like the amazing inventions in the science and technology section. There's always cool stuff in that. Like in one SU, there was an article about a wetsuit that stops sock bites. That's awesome. Now me and you can go shark wrestling without worrying about getting bit. Exactly! And what about you, Colin? Which section of the week, Junior, do you like best? Um, I like the how-to section because they always have good food recipes we can make. And there's that one painting how-to. And I like the one where it's a fake headline or a real headline, and you have to decide if it's real or not. Right, yeah, the real or fake thing in the uh, That's Unbelievable section. What was one of those recently? Um... There's one that was like, the headline was a company made for perfume that smelled like french fries. French fry perfume? Is that for real? Not telling. I guess I'll have to read it for myself then, huh? Yep. And you can too. Click on the link in the show notes or visit theweekjunior.com slash kidstories to try six risk-free issues of The Week Junior. Now on to some shout-outs. Happy birthday to Ruben! From Victoria, BC, Ruben, I hope for your birthday you got a robot bird who does your bidding, and a little car you can drive all over town, and a magic wand that shoots peanut butter, and a big bucket of goofballs. Ruben, if you were a character in the stories, you'd be a space ninja who can travel among the stars to other planets. Thanks for listening, Ruben. And twins Caroline and James are also big fans of the show. I think if you two were characters in the stories, you would be sibling space travelers who roam the stars in search of valuable gemstones and space rocks in asteroid fields. Thanks for listening, Caroline and James. Today's episode is titled Escape from the Red Cloaks, Part 2. Ari and Abel recently discovered that the Red Cloaks had been lying to them their entire life. They grew up with the Red Cloaks, who took them on numerous missions and told them they were fighting bad guys and stealing from bad guys when really, they were the bad guys all along. Ari and Abel felt awful. They felt guilty for taking things. They felt angry at the Red Cloaks for lying to them for years. They felt dumb for having been tricked for so long. But they remained calm, and they acted natural, so the Red Cloaks wouldn't catch on that they knew. And they waited for the right moment to turn on the Red Cloaks and exact their revenge. And one morning, they got their chance. Some red cloaks came knocking on their door and they answered. Red cloaks were always ready, so Ari and Abel grabbed their adventure bags and stepped outside. We're heading out on a mission today, said one of them. Okay, where are we headed? Abel asked. We're headed to the frozen wastes, he answered. Turns out the tribe of uh, evil yetis there uses a snowstone to keep the entire place frozen and, uh, uh, if we take the snowstone from the yetis, then they won't be able to use its magic anymore to uh, control the animals and creatures and everything there in the wastes, said another red cloak. Now that Ari and Abel knew the truth, all the red cloak's lies seemed so obvious. Sure, said Abel, we better go defeat those yetis then and get that snowstone. As usual, they rushed to a waiting boat and began the long journey to the frozen wastes. Ari and Abel knew of the wastes, but they had never been. People never went to the frozen wastes because they were frozen wastes. Everything was frozen. The trees were made of ice, the animals were dangerous, cold-blooded creatures like chill snakes and ice witches and all kinds of dangerous things. Ari and Abel knew of the Yeti tribe that lived there. There were well-known tales of adventurers exploring the frozen wastes and being run off by the monstrous yeti. They were reportedly as big as 20 feet tall, covered in white fur with horns on their head and sharp claws and incredible strength. But Ari and Abel had never heard of this snowstone that the Red Cloaks wanted. They figured it was probably some kind of powerful magical artifact with ice powers. The Red Cloaks traveled for days to reach the frozen wastes. When they arrived, they hiked inland a bit, and then they made camp. All right, we're making camp here for the night, said one red cloak. Then tomorrow at noon, we're heading into the Yeti village. We do our thing, take the snowstone, and get back home. Easy peasy. Ari and Abel just nodded and helped to set up the tents. There were three other red cloaks there with them on this mission, and usually Ari and Abel were the ones to set up and break down camp since they were the youngest. They whispered as they set up the tents. So what are you thinking? Asked Ari. I'm thinking we sneak out in the middle of the night and visit the Yeti village, said Abel. See if we can explain everything and surprise the red cloaks when they come to attack. Ari nodded in agreement. In the middle of the night, the brothers silently crept out of their tent and made their way to the Yeti village. The bright moon gave enough light for them to see in the dark. They knelt just outside town, behind some ice bushes. The Yeti village was just like a human village, except everything was bigger. The buildings were bigger, the walking paths were bigger, and that made sense since yetis were huge. So, what do we do now? Ari asked. The boys had not really considered their options, since they didn't know what to expect. They had never been to a yeti village before, and as they crouched down in the darkness, they thought about what their next step should be. Should they creep in and find someone to talk to? Should they just walk right into the village like it was no big deal? Before they could decide what they were going to do next, it was decided for them. A loud huff of breath sounded behind them, and they turned to look over their shoulders. Standing right at their backs, was a monstrous yeti. It stood 20 feet tall, towering over the brothers. Hello, said Abel. The yeti grabbed both boys by their cloaks and carried them into town. Sorry we were sneaking, said Abel. We've never been to the yeti village and we weren't sure if you all were, um, friendly, I guess. But clearly you're super friendly since you haven't ripped us into pieces yet, said Ari. I'm sure you're just carrying us into town to to feed us some pancakes. The yeti said nothing, and delivered the boys to a building that was well-lit and warm. There was a fireplace on one wall, and many other yetis were lounging around enjoying plates of food. This was clearly a restaurant. When they entered, the other yeti grumbled and stood up, and the boys were dropped to the floor in front of the fireplace. I caught them sneaking just outside town, said the yeti, what are you doing here? growled an older-looking yeti with a gray fur beard. Well, okay. First of all, thanks for not eating us, said Abel. We're, we're here because, um, listen, we're part of an evil wizard tribe, but we didn't discover that they were evil until just recently, and we all came here to steal your snowstone. but me and my brother snuck out to come tell you about it so we can stop them tomorrow when they come to attack. The yeti appeared skeptical. Why didn't you just not come? asked the old yeti. You could have just left your tribe. Because they probably wouldn't let us, said Ari. They're pretty powerful. They have all kinds of amazing magical gadgets and potions and artifacts. We figure we would just wait until our next mission so we can team up with whoever they wanted to steal from. In this case, you. When the other wizards wake up, you'll be gone said one of the other yeti. Won't they get suspicious when they wake up and you're not there? The brothers considered this. Maybe, said Abel. But they're usually only concerned with themselves. They won't worry much when we're gone. They'll probably just assume we're off wandering or we got snatched up by some ice creature. The group of yeti stared at them for a moment, deciding if they were telling the truth. This place is actually really nice, said Ari. Part of me always thought that yetis just lived in caves or something. Like wild animals? Asked a yeti. Yeah, yeah, like senseless beasts who just live in caves and try and eat anything that moves, said Ari. Ari, you're not helping, whispered Abel. So if we assume you're telling the truth, what's next? Asked the old yeti. Well, we tell you everything we know about the wizards who will come to attack tomorrow, and we set traps and make a plan to defeat them, said Abel. The yeti all walked over to another part of the room and huddled up, whispering in loud, deep yeti voices. You think they believe us? Ari asked. I don't know, said Abel. Either way, they don't seem too mean. What do you think the pancake situation around here is anyway? asked Ari. The pancake situation? asked Abel. Yeah, the pancake Situation, this is clearly a restaurant. Do they serve pancakes? asked Ari. Abel just rolled his eyes and wondered what would become of this risky mission. A few minutes later, the yeti crowded around them once again. We are choosing to believe you, said the old one. But if we find out you're lying to us, then we will make a burrito out of each of you. You have burritos? Ari asked excitedly. Dude, have you ever rolled up bacon and eggs in a pancake? That's like the ultimate breakfast burrito. The yeti rolled their eyes and dispersed, gathering equipment they thought would be helpful. Ari and Abel explained the other Red Cloak's abilities and some of the artifacts they knew had been brought here to the frozen wastes. They made plans to dig some trenches and set up some traps around the village. The brothers went outside to help and saw that the entire Yeti tribe was pitching in to help now. The Red Cloak wizards that brought them here were powerful, but with the Yeti's help they had a chance to defeat them and maybe be free from the tribe for the first time in their lives. Abel, what are we going to do if this works? Asked Ari. I mean, where do we go next? Don't worry about that now. Just focus on getting this place ready. They'll move in to attack in just a few hours, said Abel. So the brothers and the Yeti worked through the night and into the morning, preparing for battle. The End Thanks for listening, friends. The website is kidsstoriespodcast.com. Send all your drawings and things to Podcast at gmail.com. Adios!